think my job as a designer is to upfront give them a very clear personal yeah. vision of their house and, and how their house in particular is going to be so great and so unique and so perfect to them. And then, of course, there's going to be edits. Of course, there's going to be going to be a few revisions. But it's also my job to say, okay, well, once you you've you've started to make too many edits, that now it's losing its luster. It's starting to look like a bunch of different houses and and ideas that you've seen online. Your house is going to have some ideas that you've never seen before, and that's why you hired me as a designer. Is to come up with those ideas that you can't just get off of Pinterest. The quote that you just heard is from Amy and Molly, who are tremendous guests from Light and Dwell in Oregon. We've been fans of them for a while. That's why we wanted to have them on. They do some amazing work uh, in the Pacific Northwest, and their business has expanded. You know, one thing with COVID, as many of us have dealt with, we've tried to alter our business plan. And what's interesting, Amy and Molly had started that a couple years ago. They had went to the virtual design. They do very extensive interior design with full design books that we'll dive into, but they also started the virtual design, which is really important for their following and their social media and their network. And it was brilliant of them because as they started that, you know, two years ago, that fit in perfectly to the dynamic that we're dealing with right now as companies. And it allowed them to really diversify their, their base. It allowed them to grow their company. And they have an amazing story. They give some real good insights to a partnership, how that works, you know, what one partner should be focused on as, as well as the other and how they divide that responsibility between each other, how they've leveraged social media marketing, how they target their audiences, and then how they manage their, their flow of design and projects and, and their team as well with their training. So great insights here from Amy and Molly. Can't thank them enough for making time. So welcome to the AFT Construction Podcast. And today we're fortunate to have both Amy and Molly with us who are co-owners of Light and Dwell. So welcome, Amy and Molly. Thank you. Thanks. So excited to be here. Real excited. Yeah, joining us from uh, the Northwest, and we're here in Scottsdale. And I know we'll get into it. You had a presentation with one of your amazing clients in the Midwest, you know, in Nebraska. And it's funny how, whether it be through social media or marketing or relationships you build with your clients, how now you have this vast client base from all over the country. And so part of that is virtual design, right? You have to be able to be mobile and work with clients. So was that always a goal? Did that happen because of COVID? Or is this something that you focus on the virtual design um, end of things? Yeah, we, we've been offering virtual design for the last two and a half years. So really, we were positioned in a good spot to have practiced and really, you know, settled in on a process, what we, what we deliver on, with virtual design, and then what what we reserve for full service. So we really have two design uh, services, one being full service and then the other being virtual design. Now with full service, we're still doing a lot of that virtually with COVID, but um, virtual design is just a trim down, um, really accessible price wise um, option for people who just need a lot of help on the finish selection and the furniture. So less on the technical drawings and um, all that goes with full service. Right. So, so if I understand correctly, to understand, you know, from my perspective as a builder, when I look at full service, I'm saying, okay, I'm going to hire Amy and Molly and you're going to do the full design book, right? You're doing CAD and you're doing renderings possibly, you know, full specifications of all my plumbing, appliances, whatever it may be. Whereas the virtual design, maybe a client say, hey, you know, I live, whether it be Oregon or whether they be somewhere else in the country, they may say, I, I, I want to design my kid's bedroom or, you know, we want to redo our kitchen. And so it's a little bit, I, I don't want to say surface level, but you're not getting in so much depth. It's more on the high level. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And we still do a lot of, actually, we do a lot of new builds through virtual design. But again, we're jet, we're not, um, you know, creating mood boards for the project and then redlining the plan and then coming up with all the interior drawings. We're just focusing on the finish selection and the furniture. So then they can take that to their builder. And, and again, from a price standpoint, really it helps because, you know, the builder is going to start coming in and going, okay, I need to figure out, you need to tell me all the lighting, all the plumbing. And it's, we like to say it's in um, kind of an isolation we can't imagine trying to design a house 
in that way, but that's what they need, you know, like their process. So we like to make all those selections for people up front and then they can actually help the builder to know because builder you don't know what they're going to pick so hey here's all my selections for each space broken down how am i doing on my budget and then and we can source within a budget hey for this kitchen can you please find um electrical fixtures you know for twelve hundred dollars you know we're gonna have two pendants and two sconces so mm-hmm. well well it's important too because yeah, I mean, when you think about it as a business owner, I mean, you want to be versatile. I mean, you, you you can't be everything to everybody. You know, you have to have a focus. But at the same time, th- there's still a big fishing net that you want to put out there, right? And and you want to capture as many. And so there may be some clients that say, yeah, I need the full design book. But you may have some that whether they're working through their custom builder or through their production builder where they need some help. And you're like, well, we can still service those clients. You know, we set up our program and operation a little bit different for them. But it's still a way to capture those leads and, and fulfill, you know, that desire they have for a designer because you may not be in their territory and this is an easy way for you to connect with them. Often as well, it's about timeline because, so, you know, people are reaching out to us like, hey, we're starting our, you know, they're going to start framing here and, or finish framing in two weeks and I need all the selections. And it's like, how can you do that? You know, we actually can for virtual design. It's a very quick turnaround. But if we're doing a full, you know, design book and all that, it's months of planning. So, so, so talk about the difference. If someone uh, reaches out and they're looking for a virtual design, typically what's that scope or timeline as opposed to a full-on design book pre-construction that may take, you know, six months of design for furniture and, and finishes? Yeah. So, I mean, I would probably say it's such a small number of people who actually fall into our full service design clients. And at the beginning, we just had full service. We didn't have virtual design um, because full service, it's the goal. It's the dream. It's what you can showcase. It's what you can market. Um, But realizing that our audience was really asking for something else too. And so we spent a lot of time coming up with this other service, virtual design, where, you know, it's very affordable. It's very approachable. It's all online. Um, and you get, you get people who are DIYers to people who are building luxury homes, but they just need help with selections. And so that process, that timeline for virtual design usually takes um, around a month altogether when it's done. Um, a client gets a mood board just on Pinterest, and then um, they also get a design board with all the selections, and then one of our virtual designers presents to them online, so they do a little video, um, and then they also get a full spreadsheet with links and, and you know budgets, and we incorporate things that they already have if they want us to do that, and then they just get one round of edits. So once that one round of edits done then we're done we hand it off we hand it off it's done we're full service you know we have a full team of of people on our um, full service team we only have a handful of clients a handful of spots there really has to be all the stars aligned you know for a full service client to sign and to connect um just because it is such a deep you know, we almost call it the marriage service. <laughs> you know, do we get along? Do Can we communicate? Who, who is their builder? Who yeah. is their architect? Is it a great team? Is it a great fit? And then, you know, aesthetically, are they, you know, is that fit as well? And are they wanting the hard finishes, the interior drawings, and the furniture? So, it's, those are really our two services. And, um, you know, I think, I think a lot of designers have full service or they have virtual design, but to have a way where you can have both has been really beneficial to us, especially in this time, especially, um, in 2020 with COVID. Yeah. And you're very active on social media. And so how much of a role does that play in lead generation? You know, are, are most of your referrals coming word of mouth? Are they finding you through Instagram, through your blog that you're active on? You know, where are you finding the diversity of, of clients and how, how they reach out to you? 
Instagram, I'd say it's primarily. Huge. We get a ton of interest there. Um, and then we also have a lot of repeat clients. So we like to joke. So we have a few clients. We just wrapped one. This is our fifth full service project with them. Wow, with the same client. Who's just she she um this is this was for her home, but she has vacation rentals all over the country, um, and even out of the country. Um and so we joke, it's kinda like tattoos. I, I don't have any tattoos, but what I see of people who get tattoos, they just don't know when to stop, you know? You're like, another one. So she's our yeah, and she, well, we just love her. But so repeat clients, and then I'd also say something that we've really discovered, and I don't think I knew that our industry would be like this, but we found such great community among other designers, just sharing of like resources and how do you do this and such a generosity, um, especially when we were starting out and trying to figure things out. I mean, I would say you, you're one of those people that you, you would go on podcasts and then you started your own podcast and we just took notes. We wanted everything you'd say, we would write it down. And, and then we have these other relationships with other designers who we, we share what we do. And so, you know, there, there are things like maybe they don't do virtual design. So we get a lot of referrals from other designers that are like, Hey, I can't, I'm either full or I have, I don't have the capacity to take on a virtual design client or the process that the backside of how to do that. So, see, I, I love that you shared that. Um, I, I think that's so valuable because when you are looking at the value of a network, right there, yes, there's one part to, you know, the, the key to marketing is you're trying to reach, you, you want everyone to know who you are, right? That's the value of marketing is that if they know who you are and then, you know, you have to be able to close those projects. But a big part of the networking is, as you mentioned, it's how can we refine our business? I look at the mentors I've had, you know, I was fortunate to be put in this builder 20 group, which is very similar to what you're speaking of. It's, it's a group of 20 builders and I get with them twice a year and they say, Brad, you're doing this wrong. You need to fix this. You know, you're pricing, you know, you're pricing this incorrectly. And so quickly you're getting this quick education because we're non-competitive. We're not in the same market. And it's a, it's an ability for us now to not only help educate the public, but our clients and designers and architects, and how can we form this synergy between all of us, right? Um, but in addition to that, as you mentioned, like for me, you know, as your business begins to take off, like it's happened with you at Light and Dwell, you know, you're starting to see success, the name recognition, people are seeking your services. Well, you can't serve everyone. You just can't. Not everyone's a perfect fit. It's not only a personality thing, but it's maybe logistically or timing or schedule. And so do you have a resource of other designers where now you can refer them? Because the worst thing is if client says, Amy, Molly, we want you to design our home. And you're like, well, we can't and too bad. But you'd rather say, well, we can't, but there may be a great fit or someone that can take you on. And so the referral base, I think most people don't realize the value of that network because now you can have referrals from other people in the same industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's been, again, that, and I think just that um, some people that we really admire and respect that are big, you know, are again they're modeling that generosity and that just like normalcy of you know they're kind of fancy and big and and we're like i can't believe they were even you know the time it means so much you know we know they're busy and so we just i i we, you know we had a, a another designer reach out to us today and want to connect i was like yes i will talk to you <laughs> because you know, we just want to yeah. pay it. I feel like in our industry when we started, everything felt really hush-hush. Like, nobody's really talking about their process. Nobody's talking yeah. about pricing. Nobody yeah. talks about, you know, yeah, like what their service is. And we've just, we kind of just took the leap and reached out to a bunch of people that we respected. And it's been great. It's been super beneficial for us. And now that people are coming to us for advice, we want to do the same. You know, we want to be able to turn that around and meet with anybody, you know, who's interested and who's just starting out. So, so how often, you know, with you being um, visible and educational, you know, not only receiving that education, but giving it to other designers, you know, how often as you're doing this amazing design 
and there may be some proprietary design or specifications or lighting or flooring, you know, and, and we understand some of us sign NDAs on some projects so that, you know, that's out of the loop. But on the things that are not where they don't have a non-disclosure, you know, how often do people reach out saying, what was that light fixture and how, um, I don't want to use it for friendly, but how often do you like say, yeah, this is the light fixture we used. Here's the paint color we used. You know, how often do you try to give that to your audience? Um, that's definitely been a dance for us. And uh, we recently... Because you spend a lot of time, right? Resourcing and, you know, you don't want everyone just to copy everything you've done. Yes. And our clients, it's, yeah. you know, especially with full service, you're spending a lot of money for this design that's personal to you. It yeah. feels a little wrong to turn it around and then say, oh, well, this is, you know, you can swipe up to get this light or, you know, here, go go on our blog and you can get the exact look of this full service project. So we've changed it to where we don't share any of the actual sources for our full service projects, um, except for, you know, if it's a paint color or if a client is a little more open to um, some of the, yeah, a few things like the countertops or what's the stain that you use on the cabinetry. But we don't, you know, we used to uh, a couple years ago provide that. And then we kind of changed it to, well, now we're going to share the projects, but do kind of get the looks where we shared similar looking products, but they were different. They weren't the exact same. And now we've just cleaned it to where we say, no, we're not going to do that. It's, it's, you know, it's private. We want our full service clients to feel comfortable knowing that we're not going to turn around and share that with our audience. I think to our clients, some feedback we got was, and what pushed me over the edge was we had a client be like, my sister follows you guys. And then like, she can see what I spent on, you know, it's kind of like, uh, it just feels, they just felt kind of like, yeah, just that they wanted it to be private. And so we were like, understand that so but um how do people take that when we say that we won't give them yeah oh, oh people don't they like don't like you that. know people on social media <laughs> they just expect you to give give them all of your information like everything you're sharing this image with me and the image is not enough i need <laughs> to know where this exact you know, light is from, and I used to know what fabric you use on that sofa. So, but I think we've, we've turned it into a thing where it's where most people actually, I should say, take it really great when we respond yeah. back and in messages and say, Hey, you know, thank you so much for reaching out. But because this is a full service project, we don't share the details and, and the exact products, but we have a lot of similar, you know, you can get our style and aesthetic by going on our blog or, or on our shop page. So, yeah. And how often, I mean, to that point, so, so I understand the customer designer relationship of that, but from a designer to designer, let's say, you know, that another designer specs up then, and you're like, you know, that may be great. You know, now that you're trying to copy another designer or, or even a step further, maybe you're looking to increase your network of suppliers and, and, you know, furniture companies that you work with, you know, so how often do you network with other designers just from a practicality um, and, and to have a good database, right, of manufacturers? Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, that doesn't come up too much. Um, I think that we've done a lot of, you know, research, and yeah. we're, you know, as a company, we're really trying to be more sustainable and ethically sourced in our products. And so that... So what do you mean by that specifically? So we're really trying to look at at where products are made and how they're made, especially in furniture, for furniture. So, yeah. and what they're made of. And what they're made of. And, yeah. and, and so we're, by no means are we, are we perfect, perfect and we're not claiming to be, but we definitely want to be more mindful in what we're selecting and not kind of turn a blind eye to how things are made. I mean, just, we went to market. I think the real shift for us was we went to a market last year. And I think just this overwhelming sense of, of like, wow, we, we want to put quality pieces in homes that we're doing. And if, you know, we want to be responsible 
for what we're sourcing online. Um, you know, there's this big shift in clothing for that, but there hasn't really been for interiors. And we feel really passionate about that and really strongly about that. And like I said, we're not perfect at that, but we're definitely wanting to educate ourselves more. So mm -hmm. I've seen some designers reach out about that. Um, hey, where are you sourcing these, these products from? But there's actually quite a few companies that are very open, very transparent. Um, and I'm more than happy to share that with people just because I, I think it is a really important thing to be aware of in our industry. And something that our industry could do a better job at being transparent about. So, and I agree. And I think that happens from my side. You know, I don't do a lot with the furnishings. You know, as as a builder, but the finishes, the same thing. And and even a step further, not only just the ethical side of where things are made and how they're created and the story behind it and where they're coming from, right? But also, I look at I have clients now that whether it be healthy living or VOCs, right? Where where's the product made and how's you know, how is the finish applied? Because what VOC content is going to go in my house and now for my health? And then, you know, where we're looking at Delos, which is a company that does monitors like the air in the home and the water, you know, these are things that people are very passionate about now, especially with our current health crisis that we've been dealing with for a year now. So we're seeing that. And that's why it's really important. I know for me as the builder, or you as a designer to really understand a little bit of the history of where we're getting stuff, you know, and how, how it's getting to our front door and in the home. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think yeah. too, like, you know, there's this tendency as designers to, you know, and, and I know I, we're, we're guilty of it. You know, we have to make money. What are we going to, what are we going to be able to turn around and, and sell this product mm -hmm. for? What's the wholesale account on this? Um, Especially if it's more expensive. Exactly. Yeah. They usually exactly. are. I don't like to hear that it's going to be more expensive, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, but I think we, yeah. in a way, we like that challenge a little bit. Yeah. We like to, we like to be a little scrappy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let me ask you about that. Cause that's, that's the hardest thing what we do. I know in a, in a perfect world, you're going to have a client that says, Molly, Amy, okay, I got this amazing house. I want the full design. I have this generous house budget, even more generous furniture budget. Like we're good to go. We know that's not always the case. So how are you vetting the client? Because a lot of us have seen stuff whether it be HGTV or social media, and we may have a false sense of what things cost. And so how are you breaking down maybe the expectation what the client wants to reality and then still making sure that at the end of the day that they do have enough for furniture? Yeah, really from the get-go. So we, clients fill out a form on our website um, about their project. If it's less, we're talking about full service here. Um, they we connect and that's one of the first things we'll we'll have a, a meeting over a phone call and review some of those things um you know build budget we'll talk about allowances we have minimum allowances in in kind of the big bucket areas like you know tile price per square foot you know this cabinetry yeah um you know all over light fixture budget plumbing budget so we like to put those numbers out there right away to say, how does that sound? You know, um, for furniture, we have a square footage allowance that we work within. If you look at projects on our website and you'd say, gosh, what's it take? If you're gonna um, do your furniture for your whole entire house in one fail swoop, which most of our full service clients are, there's um, a lot of our, the last project we did, they sold, we did their project before that, they sold every piece of furniture with the house last time. And scale and size, you know, it doesn't always go. And so if you're starting from scratch, what number should we kind of budget on? And we we have a, a number, we say, you know, look at our projects, it's gonna be between 40 and $70 square foot. So just do the math on your house and that's, you know, ish. So if they faint, you know, during yeah. <laughs> which may happen, resuscitate them. Then, you know, yeah. or if they're like, yeah, that sounds about right. Or, oh, that's, you know, they got to kind of figure that out because that's not something they're rolling into their house loan. You know, it's something, it's money you got to come up with. So yep, out of pocket. Yeah. So we like, you know, that we have a, you know, square footage that we generally 
we'll say we design all the hard finish and soft finish, um, those two parts of the project, which are really kind of together but separate. Um, you know, in general, we're looking at fifteen to twenty-five dollars a square foot for the project. So just depending on the complexity of it, the size. Um, so we we get those numbers out right away, and and then people that I mean that helps people make a really informed decision. We talk about all the things that you know you get with that. We're going to be in a relationship for the next eighteen you know months. Um, we're going to be meeting weekly and. Here's all the things we take care of. So, yeah, we like them to know early, early on that we're on the same page with that. And that, I think for us, we try to think of everything that we're going to bill on. We, we just personally don't like surprises. And, and we don't, I guess one other thing, we bid a flat rate for full service, which is different because we, we just say we've tracked our time. We know in general what it's going to take we know how to you know keep the project moving and so we bid it up front and so when you say a flat rate so i know it varies by designer some are hourly some are square foot maybe a total fee so in essence you may have and and we'll get into this because i think it's really important for anyone to have a database have job costing as a builder i need to really understand different styles and aesthetics and what it costs me to build that house whether it's hillside flat lot you know whatever same thing as design, like really understand certain styles and aesthetics of the customer. Well, that's going to need, the, we're going to need this amount of budget. And over history in our historical database, we know that furniture is going to be 40 to 70 square foot. These are, these are numbers that are easy for me. If I was your customer in my head, I'm thinking, okay, I know what design fee is. I know what furniture is going to be. Now I got to figure out bill costs. Well, now I can put together my budget essentially for the house, you know, with, with design, which is a little tricky, um, is that even if you have a flat rate, let's just say, um, you know, my fees can be a hundred thousand, just speaking of that to design your house. Okay. That's fine. But I may be that client that makes 5,000 changes, you know? So how do you, you know, I, I would assume this comes down to the contract side, you know, not to say it's bulletproof, but how often, you know, I shouldn't say how often, but how are you monitoring the contract side or the expectation to say, look, if we design your whole house to be brass and now you want it matte black, well, that changes like everything. Like, so we can't, you know, we have to monitor how we're working through this process. Yeah, we call it a, this is what our, our lawyer does. She doesn't call it a contract. She calls it an agreement. An agreement, yeah. <laughs> agreement up front. We try to go through all those possibilities that like, if you need to redesign, we call it, you, this is what it, your project will be all in if you don't redesign. So if you have to redesign, then we move to an hourly, um, we haven't had to do that so far because we keep, you know, we feel like that's part of our job as well is to keep it going and keep people, help them stay boundaried too within like, you know, it's fine. We can do it. We can redesign your house, but you're going to move into a redesign. So that's going to cost more money. And, and most of the time you're like, okay, they just, you know, one of, one of, um, an example that we had a client say is, you know, if you're, for example, if you're, you write a song, you're a musician, you know, you got to just finish the song. You got to just write the song and produce it. Um, you could always just go another round and say, what if I just kind of tweaked with this little thing or, do, you know, but it all layers upon each other. And so at some point, I think people appreciate that you've just got to, you got to decide. And then it's, it's just execution time. It's the decision making. Molly will say, no more Pinterest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what happens? They may, you know, they may see posts you're doing and be like, oh, you just posted this yesterday. Like, that's such a great idea. I need that in my house now. <laughs> exactly. That, that's I, true. I just, you know, I think my job as a designer is to upfront give them a very clear, personal yeah. vision of their house and, and how their house. In particular is going to be so great and so unique and so perfect to them and then of course there's going to be edits of course there's going to be going to be a few revisions but it's also my job to say okay well once you you've you've started to make too many edits that now it's losing its luster it's starting to look like a bunch of different houses and and ideas that you've seen online 
your house is going to have some ideas that you've never seen before. And that's why you hired me as a designer is to come up with those ideas that you can't just get off of Pinterest. And so I think having those real clear deadlines of, hey, the builder's not going to be happy. I'm, we're not going to be happy. You're not going to be happy when you're not yeah. in your house in July when you said you wanted to have you know a big 4th of July party at your house in July. So let's stick to this and it's going to be great. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. So just having really strong like deadlines and being really clear about that, you know. This episode is brought to you by Sub-Zero Wolf & Cove. For over 75 years, Sub-Zero Wolf & Cove has specialized in refrigeration, cooking, and dishwashing that can be found in some of the world's most luxurious homes. At AFT Construction, we look forward to crafting our client's dream kitchen when building the home of their dreams. To get this process started, we locate the nearest showroom and set up an appointment. It's that easy. Since Sub-Zero Wolf & Cove specializes in three major categories, we can make all of our kitchen selections in one stop. The first one is that Sub-Zero handles refrigeration. They are the preservation specialist. Key features included fresher, longer dual refrigeration, advanced air purification, precise temperature control, customized modular design. This ensures tastier, healthier food and eliminates waste so that the food stays fresher longer. Second is that Wolf is the cooking specialist. Key features include precise heat control, predictable, consistent temperature, intuitive controls, and easy-to-use technology. Everything is designed with you in mind. These features enhance flavors of food, ensure consistency, and eliminates guesswork. Delicious results every time. And last but not least is Cove, the cleaning specialist. Key features include precise water flow, superior drying conditions, fully adjustable interior for every need, and so quiet it never interrupts. Not only are all products functional and reliable, they look great, truly built to last. To schedule an appointment at your nearest Sub-Zero Wolf & Cove showroom, visit subzero-wolf.com backslash showroom or click the link in our show notes below. The overall theme here is what you're speaking about. I mean, the advantage of the network you built on social media is we're educating the public. I mean, the thing is, there's a lot of people that may say, oh, I already know what I want. I don't need to design it, right? And I've spoken about this. You know, the value, you know, if, if that we're, I don't want to say instructing, but helping to educate the public is that th there's a lot of work that the designer does behind the scenes that they have no idea. In fact, not only does it make my job easier and I can build more efficiently, but now I can also get better pricing, right? I can, you know, I don't have to lock myself in with a certain kitchen and bath showroom, not, not to throw them under the bus. That's, it's a different business model, right? Um, you know, I can have my designer design the cabinetry. Well, now it gives us some structure where we can price it with multiple cabinet companies. Um, so all these things are great. And not only that, when you look at the end of the day, whether it be their end all be all home, the value of a designer, well, we all work hard. We come home from stressful days, you know, Maybe the pandemic is very stressful. What, you know, there's value to coming home and being in a place where I feel inspired in a room that's designed and comfortable. And it's, you know, there's, there's so much elements there. And if I'm reselling my house to have something from a designer where everything hits, that's going to incre increase the resale. So there's, there's so much value proposition. And I've seen that as, you know, you educating the public light and dwell and then other designers, they see that. And it makes my job easier because when I say I'm not going to do your job without a designer, they're like, oh, I get it. I see why. Right. Yeah. We love that you say that. <laughs> we love that. We're like, I like this guy. Yeah. Right away. <laughs> well, I can tell you my, my, my team loves it because um, in the past, it's funny, we've, you know, a, a lot of us worked for a big firm before I started AFT. So we've been eight years, you, you know, at AFT. And those projects were always tough. When we didn't have a designer, they were painful. And I mean, literally very painful. And now when we first started, you know, you, it, you just don't have the company at a level where you can say we need to have a designer. And they were painful again. And then it's finally like, I don't care. I don't care our status. The reality is if I don't have a designer, I know how painful this is going to be for me as a builder. So, uh, and, and getting back to, I mean, you spoke about that. When you're doing full design, you're providing CAD drawings. You're providing elevations and details that I need because the building plans, even with my best architects, they don't have any of that. And so there's so much unknown for me as the builder. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So how often are you going to, I mean, from that side, okay, architect, because you're doing stuff back home, but you're doing stuff on a national level. So how involved do you get from the architecture side, you know, getting involved in the interior specifics, you know, and how that correlates with maybe location of the water closet or, you know, door swings or, you know, different layouts of room to room. Yeah. So um, 
um, we've kind of tweaked it and, and, and it's evolved over time, but now where things are at is we take a plan, you know, when it's about 90% done from the architect. So we used to meet with the client at the very beginning, even before they had a builder. And then that just dragged on and on and on. So yeah. now we know really like the sweet spot for us to come in at is 90% done with the plan. And then we can come in and just redline it from more of just a design, you know, design eyes where, okay, I, I'm not really loving how the island is looking. Um, I think it'd be really cool if the hood was here or, um, you know, why is the fridge in this, in this spot? Like, let's move it. So it's, it's 90% done when we get it. And then we just kind of redline it, tweak it a bit. And then the architect hands it off to us and we, once kind of everything is in its place, so we know where the sink is, we know where the fridge is, we know, and then we can take it and we can do all the interior elevations in detail. And, and then we present, um, you know, an interior presentation first, just in SketchUp and then a video walkthrough before we put it into CAD. Because wow. we want to be before, sure before the builder <laughs> and before has the builder to be even yeah, yeah. involved. Uh -huh. Like you don't even yes. need to know if we're going to change this eighteen times. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so we do that first because because the cat is so technical. If we were to do that before we presented all the hard finishes and the SketchUp and the video, it's a lot more work on our end to then go back and change everything. So we present everything in SketchUp video, do all the edits. And then we create the binder is what we call it. So we have a binder for ourselves, for the builder, and for the client. Each one looks slightly different. The, the builder's is actually more detailed than the client's. Or, um, and so then we'll, then we'll do all the technical drawings, put them in the binder, put SketchUp in the binder, specs. And then like for all of our far away jobs, like our job in Nebraska, for example, we're going there in two weeks. Um, we have it all set up with the builder to meet on site, walk through the house, walk through the binder, go through any questions that the builder has. And then we have it scheduled to walk through with the electrician. Um, so we do everything like very scheduled when we're there. We go to, you know, um, the slab yard if we need to, you know, pick out pick slabs. We do everything. So it's been, it's worked out great for us. It's been very mm -hmm been very efficient but having those drawings and having very detailed drawings has been key because especially on jobs that are far away yeah. if anything is off or which of course things happen mistakes happen but the less face time the less you know we want it to be efficient and we want it to be you know we want to yeah. do all the work on the front end so then when it's execution time you know there's no surprises and it, you know, the, the design has been very clear and then it makes it so the client is a lot more confident with the design and we can say, okay, the binder's done. You know, we can't, we're not going to go back and, and change out these lights or change yeah. out the plumbing because, you know, we're not going to edit your, your binder. I mean, things will change of course, but, but very rarely do things change know substantially yeah and we have, yeah. All, we have it all online as well but it's funny i'm sure you're an online guy but a lot of the people we work with and build are not with are not like they're like oh my gosh it kind of kills me molly knows we have amy we have to do physical binders i'm like physical binders because there's changes and i but you can't get you know some some of the guys or gals that are working on the project you know they're like i really wish i could see this on paper you know and so it's like well we just have everywhere like these could change you know and, and all the updated things are actually um in a software program that we have online so the problem is if you're not using you know software like we use builder trend right so builder trends great because it's all automated it's online we can put the design book from our designers on there and now there's no discussion you know our, our team has ipads in the field so they can pull up the drawings, right? Because the problem with the design book, you know, as you mentioned, it changes a lot. And if you're not taking those pages out and putting the new ones in, you know, and it's funny because I, I always think of the ratio one to four in the sense that if I don't, if I take a week of planning, that'll save me four weeks on the back end, right? And it's very common. Like if, if you don't have anything to cite up front, then 
I'm sure that's reality that builder in Nebraska may be FaceTiming you every day if, if they're not up to speed on those drawings. And I think what's tough about, I know from my side of things is some of my trade vendors and trade partners aren't as technologically savvy as they should be. And we're trying to help them get there. Yeah. Uh, Which I'm sure you're trying to do too. Yeah. We're trying to get <laughs> both yeah. Molly and I, before we, we both were teachers, we went to school and we both, so we feel like it's just different learning stuff. Yep. And we want, they're, they're a little behind. We're behind as builders. Like you gotta kind of just tiptoe us there, you know, we'll get there eventually. So, you know, content's super important and you have amazing content. You know, I know in our show notes and, and we're going to tag you and our listeners will know where to find you, but you have amazing content. And the hardest thing I would imagine about virtual design is, well, what's the end product? How do we get to see that? How do we get to furnish or, uh, you know, photograph it? Whereas, a, you know, a full design package, typically you're so involved in furniture and finishes the photography. So how do you manage the marketing of the virtual design or do you spend a ton of time trying to chase that down? Yeah, I mean that's been a that's been a tough one, kind of ongoing. But I think it always comes back to, um, you know, if you want the light and dwell look, you can go to our um, go on our IG or go in our portfolio, and that's what our virtual designers are trying to give you is a light and dwell look. And so you can be confident that your design will be on brand. We don't photograph virtual design clients for a reason because we want it to be fast, efficient, and you are the one implementing it. And so if we tried to, you know, photograph or style a virtual design client, they don't always order everything or, you know, it's, it's not executed how we presented it to be executed or, you know, they're on the other side of the country. There's just a lot of variables. And so it's all just come back to, we have a lot of boards that we can, you know, send people if they're interested to see well, what, what am I going to get? This is what you're going to get. This is the value. Um, and then go to our portfolio page and, and see the type of work that we produce. Which is really smart. I mean, that's the hardest thing. I, I know, you know, it, it's, it's a delicate balance. I know as a builder, like we have some projects and they're amazing clients, like good people. There've been great projects, but I know that they're not going to hit on Pinterest or Instagram, right? They're just, the style is very uh, important to them, but it may not speak to everyone else. And so, you know, as you know, we're marketing our company. And so not every image is something that's going to be put on there, even though we're helping fulfill a need or service out there. And I'm sure it's the same for you. I mean, you would rather market, you know, the design portion of your company, even though the virtual design is, is still a big part of that. And every, we have, we have done a few local jobs that we have gone in and photographed or, We've had, you know, some really, some good influencers who understand how to take a photo and then, you know, cause it's hard. Like I can't take a photo. Anything you see, well, I'd be like, ah, oh, can you try that again? But put it in natural light and it's hard. I gotta tell you. So especially in a bathroom with no light and, you know, so anyway, I think we, we've done it a little bit, but yeah. It's, it's, it's been tricky. We, you also, Molly just finished building a house. So that's, you know, done really well on social and anything we do project wise, personally, we share it, you know, it, all of it. So. Well, I love that. And it's good you brought at that point, Amy, because when you start thinking about photography, which is a whole nother segment, I had Jason and Dan on a while back uh, with Rainer Ryan and Jason and Dan do my photography and they've done it for a long time, but but they get it. Like I could bring them in. And as you mentioned, they understand natural light. They understand how things look. And you know, my, anytime I'm asked by another construction company, like, where should I invest? Like what's important to start a company? And I was like marketing, marketing, like photography, think about like, how can you showcase your work? Because I know so many amazing builders that have incredible product throughout the country and they just are not capturing that because their photography doesn't do it justice. You know, they're not investing the dollars behind it. And it's just like everything, it's an investment, right? And, and people can see and feel, I want that. And, and it's the photographers that really catch that with our designers, of course, that have made it look that way. Yeah, how do you do, so if you're doing a, are we just know with a lot of the builders, they're, they're like, whoa, they don't get to see a project with furniture. Like yes. you know, people bring in their old you know, couch for a few years ago because they just bought it. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just, they're trying their best and they're maybe out of money or whatever. But they're always so like, oh my goodness, this is so fun. 
do when you say you have interior designers on every project do all your interior designers do all the furniture and then if not can you get good photographs it feels to us we're like well if you just photograph this project without furniture it's just not gonna there is no wow factor trust me i've, I've photographed projects that are just empty like finished and the finishes are good there's nothing there to so i i won't photograph it and and we've been fortunate i'll say especially now like all of our projects are with designers such as yourself that do the full design and furniture so i would say everyone is doing furniture um and so for me scheduling yeah the the, the challenge for me as a builder or marketer i should say is that i have i may finish a project and i don't photograph it for six months or eight months um typically it's it's right on maybe a month later after it's furnished and staged but with COVID or maybe things are delayed or clients haven't made all the decisions and they're waiting on product and we're like, well, let's wait till everything comes in. So I do have some of that and it's just the patient game where I'm waiting. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. We try to photograph yeah. right before the reveal. So we'll time the project, have all the furniture, you know, sent to a local warehouse with the warehouse team. Our team comes, takes five days, sets it all up. On that last day, we photograph and then that evening and video. And then that evening, the clients come home and we do a reveal and people are crying or swearing. <laughs> like in a good way. Yeah, like, you know, good swear words. Yeah. So how often, I guess, do the clients, so when you say the reveal, are your clients pretty engaged as far as the furniture, furniture selection or do they say, Surprise me. Here's my budget. You kind of know my style. I never say surprise me. Here, no. we would, on our, we have a software program called Gather and every item, you have a build budget and then you have furniture or a build project and then you have a furniture project. And they have to go in, they see every, every um, item, you know, hundreds and hundreds of items, samples for each one. This is what this one costs all in budget. So they see all those numbers and they have to prove every one. And we try to order five to six months before the project's gonna wrap and to make sure we can get um, everything here in time. So, yeah. Which is a big challenge right now with timing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah so we're having to do it even earlier now. Yeah. That's our job. Yeah. So how does the partnership work, you know, from, from your side getting into that? because. You know, Amy Molly now, your business partners, you're working together. So do you divide and conquer certain parts of the company? Um, are you trying to be together on, on these bigger design projects? How does that work? Um, yeah. So when we started, we didn't really know who was going to do what and what we were going to do. We had worked together before. So we knew we, we worked well together and um, just the energy is good, is good here. Um, and so... But now that we really know our roles, I'm creative director, lead design. So on all the full service jobs, um, I'm the lead design and then oversee virtual design and marketing and stuff. And then Amy does all the important stuff. <laughs> she does all the business. Um, she does the initial like connecting with the client and kind of weeds clients out and puts them into full service, virtual design. Um, and so we've really just established a mutual respect and we're really lucky in the sense that there's really never been a time where um, I feel like we've, we've Are you checking crossed. Out? Are you I'm checking looking at you like, <laughs> never been a time where, um, <laughs> I don't know. We just, we work really well and we have a lot of respect for one another and a lot of trust. Like I, I trust Amy with what she's in charge of. I trust her to bring clients that are going to be a great fit. Um, and likewise, Amy really trusts me on the design side and trusts me with the vision. And so it's, I don't know. Yeah. 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 No, I, I would say, you know, since we've been asked this question before, but people will say, you know, what should people know? You know, when they're going to be wanting a partner, you know, what should they be thinking about? What questions they should ask? We're like, oh my gosh. I mean, we probably did it all wrong, but we knew we really liked each other. We, I think we really, we knew each other 
pretty well. We had a chance to work together before. Um, but still, we probably didn't know enough. It's like, yeah, it's like another little mini marriage. It is like a mini marriage. Yeah. It's a big relationship. Yeah. If we're better together. I, I, I couldn't, I would have nothing to show you. <laughs> if we were, if I was doing a, you know, interior design company by myself and Molly would have a ton to show you, but she might forget to oh, like man. invoice clients. She wouldn't have any money. So I, I would just surprise maybe. I, I don't, don't have know. no money. That'd be my, <laughs> yeah. So it's a great, it is a great, and I don't think we knew how much our gifts would fit together and how much we would just enjoy. We spend a lot of time together and we just really enjoy the time. I think that's key. I, it always fascinates me because partnerships are so difficult. I think any relationship is difficult. It takes a lot of work, you know, especially in business because things can go sideways really fast, but you know, it, it's no different than if you have employees, if you have clear direction, clear scope of work, people are very talented and they're able empowered in their position. Same as you. So, I mean, Amy, you're from a, I would say from the logistics side, right? From the operations, right? If that's your strong suit and you're focused on that. And now Molly from the creative side, she can focus on that. So she can run that department. And, you know, I, I would imagine there's some good balance there where you're vetting clients, Amy, and saying, okay, yeah, this one's going to be good. Their budget's right. Their furniture. Okay, Molly, you go and run. Their furniture is going to be X, Y, Z. Now you can get creative and, and just make sure everything aligns. And then I'll figure out deposits and scheduling and storage and maintenance and all that stuff that goes with it. So how is that, you know, now moving forward, because it's been what, five years that you've been in business. Is that right? Six. Six? Yeah. It's 2015, right? Close. Yep. Amazing. So how has that, I, I guess, separation, I shouldn't say separation, but responsibility been assigned and how has that, you know, evolved over the last six years? Yeah, it feels like, especially this year we've added, or last year, 2020, we added a lot. Um, we added a few more positions to our team. And we, we had a conversation where we just were like, okay. I think we tried so hard to um, always check with the other person, you know, like over communicate. Hey, I was, there's this thing. And I was going to say, yes, but I want to check with you first. Um, we would do a lot of that because we just really wanted to make sure we we're both bought in. And, and there would be times where Molly would have maybe a strong feeling, you know, like, ooh, know because you know and i'd be like oh my gosh i didn't even think of that um good thing you know so we had a lot of that and i think we you know we just learned each other you know um so much more along the way that this year as we were adding more some other key roles to our team we just said we've got to do some more divide and conquer and we have to really think about do we both need to be on this phone call do we both need to be at this meeting can you just tell me the top three things that happened if I need to know about it, you know, otherwise, you know, we'll just assume and, and really feel, we, we feel real confident in one another that you got it and you'll inform me more. So. So a little bit more separation of church and state, if you will, from the operations and design, like, you know, so you're not spinning your wheels at the same meeting. You know, I think that's part of it. Like, how are you managing? How often do you meet on a regular basis to figure out like growth? And what I mean by growth is, how do we know that, Amy, you're not bringing in and vetting too many clients and now you're bearing Molly with a workload? Like, hey, I just signed these six jobs. I vetted them. They're great. Their budgets are awesome. Good luck trying to finish these in the next four months. I mean, how, how often do you collaborate on schedule and timing for that workflow? We're pretty big planners. So I feel like we're constantly assessing and asking that question as mm -hmm. we go. Um, I know how many clients I'm allowed to sign. Yeah. <laughs> and I know I'm allowed to sign them. Yeah. And, and yet if our team, if it feels like, Oh man, this one was, you know, cause we'll have some projects that are very complicated and a lot more square footage. And, and then it's like that kind of, you know, slows us down on the technical drawing side. So, okay, our team needs more time here. So we're constantly looking. I mean, we, we talk about it every week several times yeah. you know yeah. what our what our load is even on the virtual design you can go we don't bid those jobs you can just go and purchase a space or spaces and so we'll extend a timeline or we'll put a we're full sign on the website and say you know you can get on a list and check back with us um when we're allowing more so 
we know we're constantly asking our team and assessing ourselves because we don't want people to feel, yeah, strung out, not able to go take take a deep dive, hate their life. <laughs> you know, we value like, you know, a better balance mm -hmm. and we feel like we can do better work that way. Mm -hmm. um, we both like to work really hard, but yeah. we want it to be. But there has to be some work-life balance in there somewhere. Sure, oh, man. And we've just, yeah, we, we, before we knew, you know, I mean, I think there's always that, that time when you're just saying yes to everything and you're just yeah. really trying to get out there and, and you don't really have money to hire people and you're just you're figuring it out. And I think in that time we really realize like, okay, we need to hire somebody for this. We need to hire somebody for that. And this process for it to be done really well, we need to have at least this much of just dedicated time. Like I know for me, when I'm doing a design, I like to tell the team like, hey, I, I have just a week where I am just, you know, nothing. I'm in the zone. I'm, I'm in the zone. I'm not thinking about other projects. I'm just thinking about this project just so that, you know, it can be, I, for full service clients, like I want the design to be as unique and personal as possible and to really deliver something that they haven't seen. And so in order to do that, I think we've just had to figure out like, okay, well, this is how Molly works. This is how Amy yeah. works. This is, you know, what this person on our team needs. And so I feel like we've gotten a really good flow mm -hmm. on, on what that looks like. And we talk about it a lot. And we talked about it a lot. Yeah. Which is, which is important. So you two started in 2015. How long till you had your first hire? And then did you, do you manage all the financials in house? Do you work outside? I mean, how has that evolved? Just the accounting, financials, forecasting, deposit side. Um, that's on my side. Um, right away we ordered or hired, uh, you know, we have a, a bookkeeper, but that was key because I had a lot to learn in that department, but it's all in-house. Um, we had our, our first client was when we started it. We said, hey, if we, um, the funniest part is, this is this was a friend of mine. I We had just done a house, took a 1950s and gutted it and redid it. And she was like, hey, I wanna hire you to help me. So it's kind of funny because I was the designer <laughs> <laughs> for five seconds. Anyway, um, and so, you know, we had been talking about do, going into business together and this opportunity came up. So we said, hey, let's do this guinea pig. All my friends, she was willing, you know, um, mm -hmm. and Molly hates it because she looks back and goes, oh, I would do it so different. Of course she would, but it was our first one. And we just took that seed money and said, okay, let's just start this and on a shoestring and the two of us and doing everything from taking the garbage and the recycling after an install to, you know, getting copies for each other to doing the books and to making our husbands be the handyman to just, it um, was just a complete, it I was mean, a new business. had two babies in that time frame, oh, yeah. wore two babies in slings. I mean, it's just, it was a whole just yeah. thing to yeah. get to where we are now. Yeah. And it's amazing to see how things evolved. And now I, I guess with the marketing side, who is it that run or heads up that division and who runs your social media? So we just hired somebody to do marketing. So now we have somebody on our team. Um, but I, I did it for the first five years and yeah. then realized, man, I just, I can't keep up. Um, even yeah. funny story this morning, even in the, we're still figuring out the DMS. So on your DM, because you reposted, you know, something. I don't even know if you run your marketing. You may not have, not have been the one to I do. I do our marketing, yeah. So so our marketing person, her name's Lauren. She had responded back to you. And I just briefly, you know, we have two inboxes. One that I look at and one that she looks at. So you're supposed to be in the one that I look at. But she responded and said, looking forward to it. And I thought it was you. So I responded back, me too. <laughs> <laughs> there were two messages and I I immediately texted her and I was like, remember, like I like I need to stay in my DMs and you stay in all the other ones. So we're still figuring yeah. it out and that's definitely something that I feel like 
like social is like my my baby your baby yeah um but we have a great person in that position yeah, who's really is. gonna take it further so yeah we have somebody on our team doing that now which is huge i think i'm at the point where i need to look at that because i run our social media like instagram and linkedin and stuff and it's uh there's a lot to it and i and i can relate because i know what it's like well i'm not the creative director but to be the creative director but i mean it really comes down to organization and what i found is that you know if you have people that believe in the vision of light and dwell if you can empower them and then you, you can put them in their wheelhouse to be successful like that's going to breed success in your company allow you to grow and and to take on new clients. So, so what's upcoming and exciting for both of you that you're excited about for 2021? Oh man. Well, I think this year, you know, we've had some projects that we've just been working on for a really long time um, across the country that are wrapping. And so we'll be able to share a lot of those this year, which is really fun and exciting because I feel like it's that first round of like, every client is our dream client, but I would say now we're to a place where we can be so picky in our in in our projects. So I feel like it's this year is really kind of that first batch of projects where I feel like it's really us and and clients aren't showing us other designers or whatever because we've developed our portfolio. So it's really it, we've really been able to be ourselves in in these projects. So I'm really excited to show show those. I'm. I would say I'm excited to see because again, Molly does all the creative side. I'm really proud of you with that, um, with all those different projects because you're, you will look at them and see the thread of light and dwell, but they're also personal to each client. Each one of our clients is a different stage of life and different design kind of like, you know, it's within our bandwidth but it's kind of all over the bandwidth. Um, and I, I think I, what I feel proud of is that you do such a good job listening to the client and that when they walk in, they're like, it's me, but times 100. Like I could never achieve this, but it's me. We don't want them to say like, wow, this looks like like, well, I mean, that's not the goal. Um, we want our thread through there, but um, I, I just think, there's going to be some wows and like, whoa! I mean, there's just some fabulous ones. So I, I love that you ended it with that, that you're talking about that you want it to be their the imprint of them, you know, and, and their lifestyle and how it looks at the end result. And, and there is some satisfaction I can relate. I think, you know, when you get to the point where your business has been, you know, tried and true and you understand your wheelhouse per se and your scope of work. And now you have the projects that now it's, it's not even have great projects before, but now you really are hitting your stride with, budgets and design and aesthetic where like, this is us, like, this is what we are. I mean, that's very exciting to get those photographed. And I guess before we close, I do have to ask you, I know we touched on this, but, but two things, you know, as designers, what's, what's your favorite aesthetic or style, you know, and then why should a client hire a designer? I mean, I, I always like to ask that because what do you tell a client when they say they should hire a designer? What you say, what your favorite, uh, my favorite design, um, aesthetic is whatever Molly tells me. I <laughs> <laughs> um, so why don't you share from Oh us man. Yeah. I mean, I don't like putting a word on it, but you know, I, um, I, we tend, we tend to be drawn to a lot of neutral palettes, warm tones, a lot of texture, um, earthy styles. So I don't know if that's really saying much, but we <laughs> like the, just a lot of words. We like the light and dwell look. I don't know. I don't know. No, I get it. I, I know exactly what your style and what you're doing. What's so. your style? What's your style? What's that me? What's yeah, because I feel like um, you do so many different things too. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of funny. I get that a lot because we, we have styles that are like super modern, like super ultra modern. And then we have very transitional. We have a lot of the neutrals and textures. And then we have, we've done like the very traditional. So, you know, we've been all over. And for me as a builder, I'll say, I always, I, I, I love to work um, uh, in all styles. And the reason being, it's, it, it makes my day very different, right? Because we're doing all these different aesthetics. I can say as a builder, like doing the ultra modern is so fun because it's so precise. It's so difficult. Like from a, from a technical standpoint, you know, just concrete steel glass and making that all work and then the building science side it's very tough so i like that challenge but i'd say aesthetically for me personally that's not really a style i'd live in you know with kids and stuff and just me personally 
I do like the more neutrals and light and bright natural light textures, you know, to me, you know, wallpaper I love, which is kind of funny because it was like, some people are like, wallpaper's making a comeback. I'm like, oh, there's some good wallpaper out there. Trust me. So it makes all the difference as you both know. Yeah. Woo. Preach. So we're excited. So uh, where can our listeners find you so they can see this amazing light and dwell look? Well, okay. Like light and dwell at light and dwell on Instagram. We have a YouTube. It's very, no high expectations there, but Ew. we're growing. Oh, good videos though. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. So you can see our project videos, light and dwell, and then our website, lightanddwell.com. Am I missing anything? Did you say Pinterest? Pinterest. Pinterest, a must. That's a huge one. Yep. Um, that's it. That's mainly it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're super excited. And I can't thank you enough, Amy and Molly, for sharing a little bit about your business, you know, your skill set, what you bring to the industry and, and especially sharing the insight on the value of, you know, marketing and networking, all these things that we should be doing as business owners. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Hopefully we can do a project together. That's the goal. Absolutely. That would be fun. So thank you all for tuning into the podcast today. And just as a recap, if you check the show notes, they're just going to have all the links for the topics that we discuss. And also one of our favorite features now is the chapters that go through the conversation. So if there's certain topics you want to revisit or listen to, they're outlined by the time that we discuss those. And again, we can't thank you enough for all of your support. Please make sure and download our podcast, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review wherever you download your podcast.